Flying Coach is back for a second season, Peter Schrager and Rams head coach Sean McVay are joined by guests from around the sports and entertainment world. They're discussing the latest NFL news, telling stories from their careers, and breaking down games from their unique perspectives. Check out Flying Coach Season 2 on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. Popping, Logan Murdoch here, Raja Bell. Raja, we have a special guest. And now I know when we have a we have a, a former player, you know, you do the intros, but this is a this is an OG in my profession. This is someone. I'll give you a quick story, real quick. I was interning at uh, at Turner in 2016, and it was during the, the during the start of free agency. And this guy, already a legend, um, I remember he left his phone around he was about to do tv and a very prominent gm called him and this is one of the most elusive gms in the league and he called him and called him back and i was like wow one he's a legend but this is somebody seeing him personified seeing a legend personified and it showed me because he looked like me and it showed me that i can be in this business too so with that being said we got the legend David Aldridge is in the building. What's up, David? How you doing, man? <laughs> man, how you doing, man? Good to see you. Good to see you, Roger. Man, it's 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 a pleasure to be on with you guys today. Man, man, thanks for coming up. You, you know, you know, Da Roger. Of course, right? I know, you know Da. Yeah, you said, yeah, yeah, listen, you know, you, you know. You, I don't know him as a player. I would say I know him <laughs> as a as a player. Like my man is a, that's a G, bro. Like oh, David G. Aldridge is a G. Like he. he's one of the people that when they hit me on the phone and you know how elusive I can be on the phone, Logan, like, (laughs) Oh, I do. You do. Right. When DA hits, I I hit back. Right. Like, cause that's, you know, that's one of my dudes. Logan, Roger, one of the great series I ever covered was in 07, man, when they him in the Lakers and, and he and Kobe got after him, boy. (laughs) (laughs) And what I loved about it is that, he didn't stutter. He didn't stammer. <laughs> He's like, you know yeah, I, mean? I did it. He was going at Kobe in the, on the court verbally. 
throwing everything he could at him. And I, I was like, mad respect for this dude, man. He ain't this, he ain't backing down for no titles and no names and no nothing. He's trying to take this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I yeah. really respect that because so many guys, when it comes to the what I call well, Freddie Carter, the great Freddie Carter used to call nut cutting time. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> when the real yeah. hits real, they back up. When Kobe mm. comes at him, they back up, and Roger didn't back up an inch, man. And I was like, man, big respect, big respect. <laughs> Appreciate that, brother. Yeah. Big respect to Ra-Ra, man. Now, because he 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 is a real one for sure. Um, mm-hmm. but let's speaking of real ones, man. Let's get it. Let's get right to it, man. Let's talk about the Atlanta Hawks, who yeah. came back from twenty, I believe twenty six at one point, maybe more than that. But they came back and they won in Philly. And me and uh, Da were talking about this early, and I know Raja can attest to this. How difficult an environment that is to go on the road and win in Philly and not only win in Philly, but win against two all-stars, two MVP candidates, two defensive player of the year candidates. Um, and Trey Young and them boys went down there and won that. Uh, I want to get to the Hawks and how great they were, but I want to start with DA. Is this, I want to go get to the Hawks first, but I want to start with the, with the Sixers. Does this, is this the kind of loss that can cripple a season or does, or do the, can the Sixers regroup and win this going back to Atlanta? What does this do for the Sixers psyche and by extension, Philly psyche? Yeah. I mean, look, I've been around long enough that I never say never, never say always, you know, you can't sit here and say definitively, well, this series is over now. Cause if you know, Philly's fully capable of going down to Atlanta and winning a game and then riding the whole home crowd in game seven, but, <laughs> but <laughs> Losses like this can, because I've seen it happen, the circumstances of a particular loss can really damage a franchise. And I go back to Orlando in in 95, when Orlando had Shaq and Penny, and they were rolling. (laughs) And it looked like, man, it's just, we just got to, it's not how, it's not if, it's how many titles are they going to win, you know? Um, And then they played Houston in the finals. And God bless him. Nick Anderson's a good dude and a, was a hell of a player. Missed four straight free throws. And they lost game one and they got swept. And that was it. It just, it was so devastating <laughs> that the franchise just kind of came apart at the seams. And I'm not blaming Nick Anderson for that. I'm saying some things can be a catalyst to work on other things that are already in place, that are already happening, that are already a potential problem. And they can kind of just filter down and you wonder if this will do that. I'm not saying it will, but I've seen this happen with franchises before that were on the uptick and something traumatic happens on the floor and they just never get past it. You know, it's Roger knows this way better than you and me, Logan. Yeah. The emotional capital that you expend in pursuit of a championship. I can't, I have no, I have no, um, way to understand it. You have no way of understanding it because it can only be understood by the people that actually do it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And when you do that and you fail, <clears throat> sometimes yeah. it's hard to kind of gear back up the next year. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Raja, what when yeah when you were thinking about it, you played in Philly, you've played in this environment. What what is the psyche of Philly from what you remember in that city? That's and what what do you think is going to happen going back to uh, to uh, Atlanta as a as a town? Um, Philly is is there's no apologizing to that fan base. Like they don't 
they don't they suffer no fools in Philly, man. That's not that's not a place to to fall asleep at the wheel. What I will say is they respect you if you if you are that underdog fighting, wearing your chest on your, you know, like hard on your sleeve and you come up short. They're not going to have a lot of tolerance for what happened last night, though. Like you were the better team. You're up 20 some points and you fell asleep at the wheel. Um, Guys look like they were scared. You know, Philly's not that type of town. They don't play that. That's a grimy city. They're they're lunch pail, you know, blue collar, hard hats. And so um, that's going to be a tough one to forgive. The only the only thing that's going to save them is to go down to Atlanta, get that win, and then come back. And it's an incredible environment to play in, man. Like some of my best memories, uh, I always told you the Suns is my favorite stop uh, along the way just because of the success I had and the role I played. But the best environments I ever played in were the 01 um, playoffs when mm-hmm. we went seven with just about everybody and we saw – you know, Vince in the building and then and, and, and Ray Allen and Big Dog were in the building. Those, that atmosphere is electric in Philly. So if they can get it back there, there's a chance. But I tend to agree with DA. And I said it, I tweet, you know, I don't tweet, but I tweeted about the Bucks in the same yeah. light. That's a tough loss. Yeah. That's not yeah. a regular loss. Mm-mm. Like when you have that shit in the bag and all signs point to like there's a 3% chance that that other team can win and you fumble that bag. Um, it is exhausting and it, it is deflating. And, you know, the energy that you've expended that night is one thing. The emotional energy that you expend, like deliberating over what could have been done and and how I jacked that up and, you know, what what that's even, you know, that you can't quantify that. And that's going to happen over the whole next day or so. So how they respond in Atlanta, I don't know. But that could be a catastrophic loss. I agree. One thing I seen I saw about the uh, the Sixers is their offense in the second half, and I want to get to D in a second. But like Ra, you're the guy that we're talking about basketball with. The only people to score in the second half was Joel Embiid and Seth Curry. Listen, I, Da, you and that's fucking absurd. All right, <laughs> yeah. like I just want to say that that's fucking absurd. That does that happens in sixth grade AAU tournaments, man, where you have one guy that can dribble and a big that can offensive rebound, and then you know shots don't go in. That does not happen in NBA games for a half of basketball. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know we talk like you, you know I defended Doc a little bit with with you and Bill. We were when we had Bill on one time. Uh, I, I'm not saying that he is absolved from any like uh, of the blame, but that's not on coaching though, bro. Like, coaches can't make you make shots. You got to get your ass out there and make some shots. Make a play. Players mm-hmm. make plays. You know what I mean? Like, there's some strategy we could talk about if we want to dive deep and stuff like that. But, you know, that's why you can sit around in a locker room. And, and DA knows this. Logan, you probably know this too. But teammates really know this. Not everybody's built for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some, of yeah. them are built, some of them are built for, like, 82 you know, maybe even 80, what is it? 80, 85, 85, 86, but they ain't built for sixes and sevens. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then that's, you know, Philly's got to find out what they're about. Yeah. When no, it's, right. yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, I want to get to you when you talk about, uh, you know, the Simmons and Embiid uh, partnership, right? And I, mm-hmm. and I, and it seems like for stretches, obviously Embiid has been, been great in this series even when he's uh it, it even when he's not great he's been admirable you know when yeah. he's playing with that with that knee um but Simmons not being able to score and they're doing the hack of Ben they're doing all these things he's not being able to score down the stretch 
are, is it now or never for this group, DA? Do you think that well, this is one of those things? Because we know that that uh, that that uh, Ben Simmons was in trade talks earlier this season, right? But is it? Is, do you get that sense? I mean, I'll, I'll just say this: Daryl Moore is not known for his restraint. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Daryl yeah. Moore ain't one of them guys that's like, let's let's keep this group together for another year and see what happens. <laughs> that's yeah. not what he. Not that's not his history. I'll put it that way. Right. You know so. Um, to me, it's not so much the missed free throws because there's just some guys that can't shoot free throws. For whatever reason, it's in their head. They just can't They can't relax. They can't get it going. We're seeing it with Giannis. You saw it with Shaq. You've seen it with guys. There's just some guys that can't make free throws. Everybody can't do everything. I understand that. What bothers me is the lack of field goal attempts. That's what bothers me. <laughs> what bothers me is he didn't, to, to Roger's point, create something with his ability off the dribble with his size where he just gets to the front of the rim and gets a shot up within five feet. You know, if that's what you do, then go do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I do think Doc's got to wear some of this. You got to draw up a play for dude. You know, if you have to put, you have to put Embiid up top, we're just going to direct post Ben Simmons against whoever he's, I don't give a damn who's guarding him. We're direct posting Ben Simmons. Mm -hmm. And he gets the ball on the block. Go to work, big fella. <laughs> you know, we, yeah. we need to get you going. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's so that's where everybody has to wear this to me. Like yeah. it's a, it's a system wide failure <laughs> of, a, of a championship level organization. It, it is. I agree. I agree one hundred percent. And not to not to cut you off, Logan, but uh, you know, the, first of all, the guys you talked about, Da, like all you know, those those shacks and those, and Giannis is like people that you would hack because they can't make free throws. I mean, you're trying to you're trying to hack them to get them off the court because if they're on the court, they are going to get buckets and hurt yes, your team. Yes. yes, you know what I mean. Yeah, ben, yeah. ben Ben is just out there, and, yeah. and my fear for them, and why I think it has to it has to be it has to be blown up if that's what you want to call it. I don't think it's in him. I don't. I don't. Mm. I don't. I don't think that's in him. I don't think that. I don't think that he wanted the ball, and that's that's you know what I mean. Like I see. I say this about kids sometimes. Maybe this isn't fair, but I'm going to boil it down to this. Like, I'll watch a kid play. Their parent will ask me what's up. I'm like, he's just out there hiding. Like, he's not playing. He's hiding. He's playing by definition because he's on the court and he's running around and he's sweating. Like, yes, he's playing. But he's not trying to insert himself in any actions that are critical to winning and losing. Like, he's just running around trying to hide out there. And, you know... It's on a different scale, but that's kind of the way I felt. It's kind of what I feel like you're, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but that's what, when you say that, that's what my eyes told me. Like, you, you just don't want to be inserted into meaningful situations. And that's, just, that's you, you're going to have to do something there. Do you feel like, uh, Raja, would you've been more, uh, would you've been more accepting of what Ben Simmons does say if he went like six of 30 or something, but he tried to, he tried he really went out in a, in a blades of glory and tried. This is personal preference, but 100%. If you are out there slugging it out, throwing them bows, just giving it whatever you have. And I spoke about this a few minutes ago for, from a Philly fan perspective. I can ride with that. The fan base can ride with that because you will lose games because you can't win them all. Right, And you might not be on your best that night, but you gave yourself and you gave your team and you gave that city everything in you to give it a shot. And I don't feel like that was the case. So yeah, to answer your question, I would feel better if he did that. I used to, why well, I say this all the time, 
And it's not a fair comparison because nobody's Michael Jordan. But I've always said, I saw many games when Michael Jordan was 9 to 22 from the floor. Many. Lots. <laughs> Lots. Sometimes you miss. It's okay. I mean, you know, great players miss sometimes, you know. Um, but he shot the ball. He never didn't shoot the ball. You know what I mean? Like, he always That's what he gets paid to do. The ball. That's what he, yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. you got to have that mentality. You know, there was a great story and it's apocryphal, but but it's so apocryphal that you want it to be true that there was this great player in Chicago named Al Frederick Hughes, you know, in the 70s. And his team got to the NCAA tournament. And Al Frederick Hughes missed his first 26 shots. And then he made a layup at the buzzer. He made a layup in, in garbage time. And his team lost the game. And they went to him afterward and said, Al Frederick, man, how did you get I mean, what 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 happened out there, man? I mean, one for 27. And he said, yeah, but that last bitch went in there. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the mentality right it did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Because they don't, yo, like if you hit the game winner, and we know this, I know there's been a rise of analytics, but if you hit a game winner, nobody cares that you, nobody gives a fuck that you, that you missed all those shots. They don't care. Um, Logan, but, Logan, Dave, I don't mean a dis- listen, man. You good. I, Go ahead. I like, I've always defended Ben Simmons. Um, I, I think, you know, these playoffs are, are hurting him. There is no excuse for a guy of his talent level and his size. Um, and I just keep it a buck to be two for four from the field in 38 minutes. Yeah. There's no excuse for that. I want to put this in perspective. I'm a 44 year old. I could barely get up and down the court with my, with my kids on the park. I am very confident that in that, that amount of time, like I could go out there and I would get up more than four shots. Number one, because I'd be open. I'd get up shots. <laughs> and I think I would score in a second half of a basketball game because I'm going to make a shot. Talk your shit, Roger. I don't know. I don't mean that because I'm great. I'm simply saying that's how crazy that is for a guy of that magnitude to be out there on that court and not not have an impact offensively. But I think that with an overall thing with Ben Simmons, and you could, I'm sure you could attest to this, DA and both Roger. It always, and when we talk about his three pointers and we talk about him shooting in general, there always seems to be a. Uh, just not a, I wouldn't I don't I can't say a fear I don't know him but there always just seems like a hesitation whenever he shoots right what is is that something that how should we play that is is it a go ahead Dia. I, I know you have some feast or famine with him you know mm. like there'll be this game where he shoots where he takes four shots in 38 minutes and then the next game he'll be nine of 11 you know what I mean like yeah. so you go it's in there you know like yeah. it's a, He's capable of doing this. And because he he smartly doesn't take three pointers and he smartly sticks to the paint when he shoots, it usually goes in. <laughs> you know, yeah. like he's really close to the basket. So why not utilize that? Why not? And especially if they're going to be double teaming and bead every time he touches the ball, that's the release. That's the that's the pressure release. Mm-hmm. He's the pressure release. Okay, you're going yeah. to double and beat, we're going to make you pay. We're going to make Yo. you pay. <laughs> like He's going to make you pay. And, and, and it's so we've, and we saw it, I saw it in the first round against Washington where he was just not there for a game. And then the next game he dominated. So you go, okay, we know you can dominate. Right. You have the capability. We're not asking you to do something you're not capable of doing, you know? So that's the, I think that's the frustration that Roger's talking about. Yeah. And sometimes like, because clearly like, and I say all of that, you know, fully understanding and saying that he's too good to do that. Like, I know he's yeah. really, he's a really good player. Yeah. And, and DA touched on the coaching. I think p- calling plays is absolutely one thing and getting him in positions. 
but man, so much of coaching at the NBA level is, is being a therapist, right? Is having those, is, is being able to, you have to articulate to that man, the importance of, of him to the team and to the final product and explain to him and empower him. And even if he's, even if like, I was a player whose ego could be up and down at times, especially when I was young, right? Like my, my, my confidence when I was young, man, you know, it was a roller coaster ride. You weren't sure, you know, I stabilized once I got a coach who, who exhibited the utmost confidence in me. And that's why I love and will defend Mike D'Antoni till, till whenever. Don't give a damn. Stephen A., I hear you, bro, but you kiss my ass. Um, <laughs> Mike is a boss. And, and, and for me, he's a boss because he was riding with me and explaining to me, even when I was getting shy of shooting the ball, why he needed me to do it and why the team mm. needed me to do it. And those conversations kept me doing what the team needed me to do, even in moments when I didn't really think it was my job. And so Doc has to do that. I can't say that he hasn't, but that's part of it too, right? Is, is helping that kid get to where he needs to be. Yeah. that's. Uh, I do want to get into to, uh, the Hawks. Um, Chris uh, Chris Kushner, the athletic, wrote a really good piece, DA, about mm -hmm. the, the, just, he wrote that. Um, but just really getting the feeling of how the Hawks feel going back to Atlanta, right? It just feels like they're... Um, it was a very under uh, underdog tone. Like we, we did this. When I think about the Hawks, I think about an exciting team, a team that is very naive, but in a good way. Like they don't care who was in front of them. Um, but my question to you, DA, are they ahead of schedule right now? Oh, sure. 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 They're on, they're on what Riles used to call the innocent climb, you know, like <laughs> no expectations. Everybody, everything's gravy from, you know, you know, they, they won a series they won around. Nobody expected them to win around. You know, this is all they're, they're playing downhill. There's no, there's no pressure on them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's zero pressure on them. Even if they lose the last two games of the series, nobody is going to be like, wow, how did you guys blow a three, two league? You know, like there's zero. We weren't supposed to win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that will start changing next year. But right now, they to Roger's point, they're just playing. You know what I mean? Like there's they're just playing. Nobody's afraid. Nobody's like, oh, if I miss this shot, they're gonna they're gonna blow the team up. They just shoot the ball, you know. <laughs> and you can tell by the way they came back because they didn't do anything. They didn't do any grand strategy to come back. They didn't. You know what I mean? They didn't start trapping full court or doing a lot of crazy stuff. They just ran their offense. Lou got hot. Lou gets hot. You know, Lou gets hot. That's what he does, you know. And, um, you know, the, the Gallinari made a couple shots, and then all of a sudden, instead of being down 24, you're down 12. And that's manageable. You go with the three-pointer, especially you go, well, wait a minute. Let's see if we play hard for another three minutes. Let's see what happens, you know. And then all of a sudden, it's eight. And then all of a sudden, it's six, <laughs> you know. And so, and you could see them just continuing to play because they have zero pressure on them and Philly tightening up, like literally tightening up with every possession and the crowd. And this is when it's bad to be at home when you blow a big lead because the crowd is like, uh, 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 what's going on? You know, you can feel that. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, you can feel that for sure. Pressure gets to you, I think. Yeah, yeah you can feel that. I, I think, you know, it's going to be really interesting because that, that's what makes them so dangerous to me, yeah. right? You, you, I mean, I talk about this a lot. You got a team playing with no pressure, house money. I mean, that's danger. They get hot in, in one game scenarios, which is what this is now. Like that, that's a dangerous thing to walk into. But the, the the fascinating thing when I played for me was how the complexion of a series really does change from game to game. Like, I mean, when you're yeah. in that locker room, I know fans say it, but when you're in that locker room, it it really feels like either you're about to die 
or you are <laughs> invincible. Like, do you know what I mean? By from yeah. game to game. And so it's going to be interesting to see how the Hawks, who played pretty free, and to your point, kind of on that innocent rise, now you got to close somebody out. Now you got to close them out at home because that's pressure in and of itself. Because in the back of your mind, you're like, oh shit, we got to get this shit now. Because we don't want it. We don't want to go back to Philly. This has to happen now. And you could come out a little tight, right? So that's going to be, that's going to be interesting to watch. Raja, quick question for you. Is it, is it funner to have a comeback win on the road or at home? It's a great question. By the way, I love Stephen A. Smith. I'm just telling him he, he likes to fuck with my <laughs> man, Mike. So I, I yeah. Um, <laughs> Funner to win. I think for me, it was, I was the villain. So I like to do it on the road. There's mm. nothing like winning in your home building. I mean, you know, you, you're, you're at home, you're with your family after you do that. Like you guys are probably going to go out and have a good time, everyone together. But on that road, when you could look them folks in the eyes and trust me, you're looking at them and you're talking shit the entire fourth mm. as it's, as it's unfolding and unraveling in front of their face. And you just see the look, like all of the joy sink out of their face. <laughs> There's nothing like that, bro. Like, you know, that's that's a great feel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two for five dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. And we are back. I want to talk Clippers jazz. I also want to point out, Raja, that ever since Jomi went to Palmdale, the NBA has been in a tailspin. It's been in a tailspin. The NBA has been in a freaking tailspin. Um, And because of that, since Jomi went to Palmdale, I feel like I need to like walk back everything I've ever said negative about Paul George because he went into Salt Lake and balled. Um, what do you think? You know, we know this about narratives, DA. Do you think that this game will change the collective dialogue about Paul George? Does he still have to. He still has more work to do. How? Do, what did this do to exercise some of the things that he's been that's been said about him? Well, they got to finish the series first of all. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't matter if they don't win the series. None of it matters if they don't win the series. So they have a great shot now. They have a terrific shot to, to finish this at home. Um, I think that that's a team that does feed off of their home crowd so they could play better. They should play better. Um, but he's got to win. Now he's been he's been terrific. And he played, I just believe, and I've I haven't talked to Paul about this, but I just I think he'll he may never admit this and they may never admit this as an organization. I just feel like he has deferred to Kawhi the whole time he's been there. I think he's been in a deferral position the entire time he's been there. And last night was like, oh, I can shoot whatever. How many shots I want tonight? Oh, bet. Oh, it's on. You know, and he just played so much more, again, freely. It's just the word I keep coming back to. Um, because he knew it's on me. I got I to gotta empty my quiver tonight. And get out, and I can shoot as many shots as I want, and I don't have to worry about. Oh damn, Kawhi hasn't touched the ball in five minutes. Let me let me let him take it for a little bit. I just think it's really hard for two players, not the same position, but who who essentially are in the same space on the floor to kind yeah. of play with each other. It's easy when one's a guard and one's a big; they stay out of each other's area. 
but they're yeah. both wings. They both like to take it off the dribble. They both like to pull up. They both like to get to the cup. There's only so much space that you can do that. And it makes the other person a spot up shooter. They don't mean to make the other person that, but that essentially is what they become. And I feel like Paul defer- has deferred in that sense. And last night with no Kawhi, he didn't have to defer to anybody. We saw your hands raised, Roger. Well, what's up? What you you echo those sentiments? I'm glad D, I'm glad DA said it. Um and and you know, look, I don't have relationships to protect. Like I'm not in the business and I don't I am not as great a you know journalist as DA. So I will say it like this. He has deferred to 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 Kawhi. And that's the role, you know, that he either perceived he was supposed to play or or that organically kind of you know, transpired there or played out for him there. And it's not a, it's not a bad thing. That's what made the heat so remarkable. Right. And Dwayne yeah. Wade and, and LeBron is that they were able to figure that out. Um, yeah. cause it's not an easy thing. And I'll use like a movie analogy. You you can have like phenomenal A-list Oscar actors. One of them, um, may be able to be a supporting, you know, or a supporting cast in a movie and, and, and be great in that role. Some of them can't, they can only probably lead, do you know what I mean? So when you're taking someone out of that role that he's normally in and asking him to play a supporting role, you know, it just might throw him out of rhythm. He was free last night. Like he was the leading man. He was able to, you know, carry the movie um, and 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 give you his chops. That's not taking anything away from Kawhi's brilliance either. It's right. just, it's just, you know, to some degree you get marginalized when you're playing alongside greatness. If you can't figure out how to be a great spot up shooter, right? Because yeah, no one's ever asked you to do that. I, I, I would talk to uh, Big Perk, Kendrick Perkins, and he always says that, um, you know, there's always that guy. He talks about LeBron and, you know, Kawhi to a certain, Kawhi too, and Kobe and all these guys. These are guys that can get you a game, just get you a game in the postseason. Do you think, DA, that Paul George forgot that he was a guy that can just go get you a game? No, I don't think he forgot. He is, Paul is, has the personality that naturally would allow him to kind of take a secondary role if that's what you wanted to do. Because Paul is not tripping off of the endorsements. He's not tripping off of being a superstar. He likes to hoop. I'm not saying he doesn't like to hoop. I'm not saying he's not competitive. I'm just saying he's got that personality. He doesn't need to be out front all the time, you know, to, to Roger's point. He could be a supporting actor. He's cool with that if that's what the team needs. I just think it's hard when you've been an alpha male on your team. That was the Pacers, Paul George, we saw last night. That was the guy that balled out for the Pacers when they were really good. And he was the best guy when Hibbert and all those guys were on the team. They had a good team, really good team. And Paul just took over, you know. And I haven't seen that Paul George in a while, you know. And and then that's part of playing, whether you're playing with with Russ in OKC and, and Carmelo in OKC or you're playing with Kawhi in L.A. It's just, I just think it's hard, harder, not hard, harder for a great player to take that. I mean, Roger mentioned the Heat. The heat doesn't work if Chris Bosch just says, fuck it, I don't care. Y'all, I'll take two shots. I don't care. I'll just rebound and play defense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's a great player doing great things to help you win championships. If he had said, no, I need my touches, I need my minutes, I need my shots, it would not have worked. Yeah, yeah. But Chris yeah. has that kind of personality. It was just like, I don't care. You know, mm-hmm. I know what I need to do for this to work. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know what's really interesting about that? Because Kevin Love did that too, DA. Yes, yes. Um, Kevin Love did it. And... You know, I, I this is just coming like as we're speaking now. You, Paul George talked last year about his mental health. Yeah. Um, Kevin Love has come out and talked about mental health. Yeah. It, it takes a toll on you, like yeah. as a as a competitive alpha personality, mm-hmm. to sacrifice all of that 
in quest for a championship. And every fan just says, oh, man, why wouldn't you? Well, like, why the fuck has got to be me? You know what I mean? But no, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. But like, why it couldn't be them? And I'm not saying those guys had that approach, but I do know that that starts to weigh on you, right? Because there are things that you feel you could do mm-hmm. and you're going to catch all of the, the media ire for not being the guy that you were in the place before. And there's just not the opportunity to do that. That has to weigh heavily on people, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, we talked about uh, Paul George, but I think the big elephant in the room is Kawhi. I mean, I'm sure when this... Uh, Maybe when this 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 pod comes out, maybe we'll have a bit more clarity on his injury. But how much do you think? How much does Kawhi have, whether he gets injured or not, Da? Because you know he has. It's a, they say it might be an ACL injury. I believe yeah. the Athletic reported it. Um, and so he's already had a long list of injuries. We know what happened in San Antonio. Is it, what? How much does he have? What what can what can you think we can reasonably expect from Kawhi, whether he's injured? This is catastrophic or not. Yeah, I, I will never, you know, Logan, I'll never, I can never predict or speculate on on an injury and what it does to a player because everybody's different. Everybody has a different pain tolerance. Everybody's sure, body sure. is different in terms of what they can and can't do with an injury. Um, I would think it will make it very difficult for Kawhi to play effectively, you know, just because of the type of player he is. And depending on the severity of the injury, we don't know if it's grade one, grade two, grade three. We don't know, you know, until we know that. I can't speak with any any certainty on it. You know, Embiid's playing with a with a meniscus tear, you know, but yeah. it is torn cartilage in your knee. That's not <laughs> nothing. That's that's big. You you're not as good when you're injured <laughs> as you are when you're not injured. So I would think that it would be very difficult for Kawhi to play at an at, at a, an effective level, much less the level we are we normally associate with Kawhi Leonard this time of year. Yeah. Uh, Raja, when you when you t- when you um you know, LeBron put out a tweet um, just talking about the uh, the start of the season and how many games that the the players have been playing over this you know last um, year and a half, two years. Points were made. You know that it's you know there has been a quick turnaround, and we also know that um, business usually takes precedence over health, and that's something that me and you have talked about, Raja. But in terms of the toll with this turnaround that it can have on a body. We already know what basketball, the toll it puts on a body in general. When you have that turnaround and you're continually playing into the postseason, what does that do to your body um, when you're doing that? It just continues to wear it down. Logan's the best way I could put it. I mean, you know, the body requires after an NBA season, a certain amount of rest. Um, you know, that's just to get it. That's just to get it back to neutral and get it back to a good base of health where then you can start to build it back up the layers of armor that you need, right? Because we're talking about, all right, a, a, a body, right? And I'm going to lift and work out and, and do all my stretching and everything. And I'm adding layers of armor to my body to withstand the toll of an NBA season, right? So after the season, it's all been stripped away and some of it's been taken, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hurt. So now I've got to get to just a base and then I got to build the layers of armor on top of it. You just don't have the time. You can't do it, right? So you're now coming off of a shortened season, you don't have enough rest. You're still probably a little injured when you start to try to build the base. Now your armor's not thick enough. And so it's just going to wear out. I mean, it's simple math. There's not enough time for you to heal and get enough work in to be the player that you need to be. So you're gonna, you're gonna run into these things. I would just, I would just say again, some of them I don't I don't think had to do with the rest, right? Freak accidents happen. Kyrie rolls his ankle, that's got nothing to do with yeah. like yeah. I, that's you know, that's part of playing a sport. It's an inherent risk. Um, but this is this is a business. 
And I don't, look, I might be singing a different tune if I was still playing right now. But at the end of the day, if this wasn't just, hey, we want you guys to get out there and play and there's no money at stake, but it's what we want. That's one thing. If the league is coming to you saying, hey, fellas, we have to contractually like fulfill an amount of games played or we're going to lose this bread, then you got to do what you got to damn do. You know, yeah, I mean, and you, you got, got families to feed. That's, that's what I'm saying. And while LeBron, with all due respect, I love LeBron. I think he's great. I say that all the time. You may not care if you lose $8 million. I mean, $8 million, you may not care. Like when I was making $3 million a year, if you asked me to give up 1.5 of that, no, no, no. I can't do that. And so you got yeah. different people at different stages of, of careers and different levels of money making. You got to get out there and play ball, baby. It's part of it. It sucks, but it's part of it. Yeah, DA, while points were made, do you think it got lost in the tweets? Like, this is a business and it's collectively bargained. Like, it wasn't yeah. just one. I mean, I know LeBron's a big voice, but it was also collectively bargained. Do you, how right. do you feel about those tweets in, in, a, in a vacuum? Well, I mean, I think you have to, you, <laughs> you, you can't ignore the fact that the union signed off on all of that. You know, the players didn't, players wanted to start on Martin Luther King's birthday. I think that's fairly well known by now. That's yeah. when they wanted to start for a bunch of different reasons. Rest, also honoring Dr. King, all the social justice, all of it made sense to the players to start on Martin Luther King's birthday. The league said, we got to start on Christmas. We're going to lose $500 million. Choose. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, they made a choice. Like, I mean, I don't think you, you know, you can't you can't absolve yourself of your of your of your participation in the choice that was made is what would yeah. be my point. And yeah. I'm not mad at you for choosing the five hundred million dollars. Don't get me wrong. I'm I choosing five hundred million. million too. But that comes with a cost. It will yeah. come with a potential cost, you know. And so you have to live with that potential cost um, this season, and and it impacts the playoffs to be sure. Um, you know, I wrote this a couple of weeks ago, like. And there's no disrespect to Utah or Atlanta or Milwaukee, but my point was, if it's the Bucks and the Jazz in the finals, are you going to watch, NBA fan, that complains about LeBron all the time? LeBron, ah, I'm sick of LeBron. Ah, he, ah, ah. I'm sick of the Warriors, the Splash Brothers. That's all y'all talk about. Y'all jocking them. You, you know, you're kissing their ass all the time. Okay, great. Now it's Giannis and, and Donovan Mitchell. You gonna watch? <laughs> <laughs> I I'm going to watch. Points were made. Back. Points were made. Got what you wanted. Uh, <laughs> this is what you wanted. Yes. Now respect back up with some ratings. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's that's an overall thing of like we see this Twitter discourse and discourse in general about uh what's your point is of the Stephs and the uh and the LeBrons and all these things. Guess what? Those Warriors series were some of the highest rated series that that we've dude, seen. Dude, I mean, I work look, I again, I worked at ESPN and at Turner. Okay, which are the broadcast partners? I think I have some knowledge about how the, how those shops bit. operate. They're not stupid <laughs> yeah. people in programming. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They say who oh. draws the most ratings for us? What shockingly is LeBron James and Steph Curry? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So who do you think is going to be on TV most of the time? <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like, and I get it. People say, well, that if you put other people on, they'll get they'll get you know people will know more about them. That I don't disagree with the idea. All I'm saying is 
businessman, executive, TV executive whose job is on the line if they don't produce ratings is not going to be in a position to experiment. Okay, right. I I remember um, I remember my last year covering the Warriors and uh, my last year covering the Warriors was when Steph got injured four games into the season. And you see the league's discourse of like basically collectively on a league from a from a programming standpoint, like, what the hell are we going to do? Like, Steph's out. And for the however many months, the four months he was out, it was pretty dead just around the league and especially around the Warriors. But when he came back against the Raptors for that one game, Mm -hmm. it felt like a playoff atmosphere. And a lot of that has to do with the league knows who 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 uh, butters its bread. They are they already know. Some guys have moved a needle. He's one of them. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, injuries play a part. LeBron plays a part. Um, but money plays a part overall above all. So um, let's take another quick break. And uh, I want to talk about um, I want to talk about the Mavericks. One break real quick. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. And we are back. I want to talk about um, a team that Raja played for, the Dallas Mavericks who seem to be in all sorts of shambles right now. Thanks, of course, to the athletics, um, Sam Amick and Tim Cato, who did a great job, who basically who broke the story um, about uh, the uh, – how what should I call it? The dysfunction yeah. in Dallas uh, yeah. and their front office with uh, that, that resulted in Donnie Nelson being – uh, ousted, parted ways, whatever you want to call it. He is no longer with the team. And Donnie Nelson has been um, with the team for 24 years. They seem to be a power struggle within the front office um, with Mark, uh, with Donnie Nelson, a front office executive, and uh, Mark Cuban. And Luka Doncic got some, there's some dysfunction in there as well. Um DA, when you see all, when you see a report like this come out, what do you what what does this immediately tell you when you see dysfunction like this in a front office from a journalist standpoint? What does this tell you? I mean, I don't. It, it's not unusual. I'll put it that way. Um, you know, everybody is trying to get the ear of the king, right? Like everybody does. This goes back to medieval times, right? <laughs> so whoever the king or the queen listens to, they have a lot of power. They have a lot of authority. Um, and so it's not 
it's it's not surprising. It's not unique to Dallas that someone could come in and take some of that attention from Mark Cuban or to or to Mark Cuban that that Donnie Nelson may have had. Um, it happens in other places all the time. There's always kind of a push and pull between the basketball side of a building, you know, the the management side, increasingly now the analytics department, which has its own power base now in most most organizations um, that that influences what teams do in the draft. It influences trades and free agency. So there's always kind of that push and pull. If you have the, the bigger the organization, the bigger the potential for conflict. Right. Um, and it's not surprising that that happened in Dallas um, because Donnie, rightfully so, says, hey, I got Luca here. You know, I'm the guy that got Luca here. I should have. You should. I also oversaw a championship. A championship yeah, I, roster. I'm the one that got that built a championship organization around here. The one champ. The one chip y'all got. I was the guy that built that team. And there's a certain amount of truth to that. But that again was ten years ago. And so other people come in. This, this guy that you all know very well, I'm sure, <laughs> has come in. And, and you know, when Mark says a story is total bullshit. It's usually not. <laughs> usually not. Um, and I think the proof's in the pudding on this one. Yeah. How does that how is that from a player standpoint? Because we already know we already know when you have a star, inherently there's gonna be power struggles in the organization. And that just is what it is, I think. Like I don't think that that's anything new. But from a player standpoint, Raja, how do you navigate that? Um, even as a role player, just some a fixture within the organization, how do you navigate that type of thing? My job is to play ball. Like I, that's what I'm paid to do. Um, now you start getting into this, the, the Luca stratosphere and and stuff like that. I, there may be more of an impact um, because your dialogue, your input is is more meaningful to the organization than mine would be. But you know, from a role player on just good teams, like our job is to play ball. That stuff behind closed doors um, is kind of above our pay grade. Like it's not it's not my business. Um, now we we all have. Like in any organization, when a guy brings you in and you have a relationship and a guy had faith in you, um, when he leaves, there's a chance that the guy coming behind him isn't, you know, a fan of you possibly, or you're not their guy. And then there, there are ramifications for that. Like there could be trades on the horizon, but you really got to, you know, the NBA, you can't really be diving into those possibilities. You got to be in the present and you have to be focusing on doing your job. Um, and that's how you make a career out of that. If you're worried about all that other shit, like, I mean, you're going to get wrapped up and swept out the door very quickly. I'll just say to Donnie, I, you know, I worked with Donnie. I worked with Big Don. Um, 24 years is a long time to be anywhere. Mm -hmm. it's, a it's a long time to be anywhere. And it's, it's, those are long times to have relationships. Um, and sometimes things just run their course. It doesn't mean, doesn't mean there was anything nefarious taking place or anything like that. It could just be, you know, things, things run their course. Donnie did a great job. You had Luca and Dirk. Like Donnie swung the tractor trailer, you know, gig, God rest his soul for Dirk. You know, Donnie was doing his thing over in Europe, but uh, it's a new day. And I think this speaks to that, you know, Donnie's an old school dad was as old school as they got. And now you have this analytics um, wave and, and this purely numbers wave that's coming up. And I saw when I was in Cleveland, we just happened to be lucky enough to have really good guys in that analytics mm -hmm. department that, that could appreciate the basketball side of it. So everyone worked well together. But they can really be at odds at times. And if you don't have a great relationship there, they just juxtapose each other, really, you know, because 
you know, it's it's just one. It's a weird dynamic in a, in a building, and it seems like Mark is going with the with the analytic approach. Um, I I would caution we'll see that, on that though. too. We'll see on that one too. But go ahead, go ahead. We'll see. I would just caution it to go, you know, to dive too far into the analytic way because I still believe, and this could be I could be in the minority that the basketball eye and the basketball feel. Um, is really important to your building too. You can have analytics as a big part of what you do, but you got to have some feel. Yeah, and and then when you when you when I when I look at the story, right, and it seems like they, for whatever reason, Donnie Nelson, who has a great relationship with Luca, is out, and the person as of right now that pr- presumably doesn't have the good relationship with um, Luca still has a job. That's pretty unusual, right, in my eyes, D.A. Should we look into that? I know that um, in the reporting it said that Luca's still about to get that bag. He's still about to sign that $200 million extension. But what does that do? Luca's a made man. Come on now. (laughs) Luca's a made man. (laughs) He'll be there as long as he wants to be there. You know, they're not going to do things that, that, you know, a bunch of different things to piss Luca off or to make him unhappy there. They understand, he understands his his position there and they understand his position there. So when push comes to shove, if Luca says, get rid of this guy, guess what? They'll get rid of him. I don't think he wants to be in that position right now. He's young to, to Roger's point. He just wants to play. He just wants to ball out. You know, he wants to be comfortable, but he wants to ball out and wants to play. Um, so I don't think it's not to me, it's not, it doesn't rise to the level that it might on other teams where the star player might be more vulnerable. I don't think they'll, they'll implode that building if they let Luka Doncic leave town. That building will implode. It will not be there anymore. Um, they're not going to let Luka out of Dallas. I just, I just can't see a circumstance right now where, where they would let that happen. I just can't believe that they would let that happen. <laughs> that would be, yeah. You know, so I think he'll, he's in good shape there. When you see that, because it's funny, because we're starting to see these stories come out. We saw the Luca story, and this morning, I'm just plugging y'all right now. Another the Athletic put out another story <laughs> on. on um, no, 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 y'all got great reporters. It's, it's love and respect. Um, but there was another story that came out about Zion and his yeah. discontentment yeah. Um, in New Orleans. Yeah, it's been out there right? for a while. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But when I see this, right, and you see a guy like Zion who has all the potential and all the the, the ability in the world, mm-hmm. but hasn't necessarily has won. They let's just get real. He hasn't. He hasn't gotten to the postseason. How do you see um, the? I want to start with Raja on this. How do you see the Luca, the Luca uh, player empowerment type story, or the 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 Luca discontent story versus the Zion discontent story, where he hasn't won playoff games, whereas Luca has won. Um, you know, has won more than uh, Zion has. How do you look at both of those stories of discontentment? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's interesting, right? Um, because Zion, uh, I mean, analytically speaking, is is fantastic. He's done stuff that, I mean, I don't know, very few people have done in their first few years in the league. I think that's, that's accurate. Um, but for some reason to me, I don't feel like I would be as inclined to have Zion hold me to the, my feet to the fire as I would Luca. I don't. I don't know at if this that makes point, sense. At this, at very this point, point. At, at this, this point. point. I, w- I want to save you on it at this yes, point. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's. I don't know that that's fair to Zion. I'm just saying. You asked me. I didn't have time to prep for that. I'm just thinking about it. Like I, I you know, Luca. Luca does so much for that team. Um, 
And Zion still has to prove that he can carry that team a little bit more for me. You know what I mean? Before mm-hmm. I start to rel- relinquish a little bit of control. There are levels to everything. And even within superstardom, there are levels, yes. right? And I'm not saying mm-hmm. like Zion is a star, superstar, but there are levels to that shit too. And so, you know, if you want power, you know, I say this, I say this to my kids all the time. Like, yo, know, if, if that's what you want, then, then, then show me why you deserve it. Mm. I was just going to ask you that. My question was player empowerment. I want to, uh, I want to get to DA and then I want you to to get on, to to answer this Roger. Is it do you think player empowerment is something that has to be earned, right? It's not something that like you just get. What do you how do you how, how do you has Zion earned the player empowerment route yet? I mean it probably doesn't matter, but No. Do, do you think- not yet. Yeah, not to me, but you know, again, this is where, you know, <laughs> I love NBA fans, but they tend to talk out of both sides of their mouth sometimes, (laughs) you know, because they're the one you see this all the time on Twitter. Ah, rings culture. It's bullshit. You know, you guys just, that's not how you determine worth and value and all that. And guess what? When the team loses in the playoffs, what's the first thing they say? He's got to get traded. Get him out of here. Get that. No, we need, you know, everybody loves Damian Lillard for being loyal to Portland, everybody loves Bradley Beal for being loyal to D.C., but the second the team loses in the first round, he's got to get out of there. He's got to demand a trade and go someplace where he can win. So, again, y'all are contradicting yourselves. You're telling on yourself. People, it's about winning, okay? This is not this is not an amateur, you know, voluntary basketball league, okay? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you get paid a lot of money to win, okay? Mm-hmm. And so Luca has won in the playoffs, Okay, he's shown you that he can carry a team at least for a round and get you, if not to the second round. He's so good that you're like, damn, he needs help. That's how good he is so early. They're just like, damn, he needs help. Now, Zion hasn't done that yet. Now, part of that's because he was injured last year. I'm not going to hold him, hold that, you know, hold him to account for that. But he hasn't done it yet. And so he has to show that he's good enough to take a team to the playoffs. And can and contend. Dame shown you he can win around by himself, not by himself. He can be the dominant player on a team that wins around. Mm-hmm. He can do that. He's done it multiple right. times. You know what I mean? So that gives him a certain to, to Roger's point. There's a there's a level of superstar that Dame is at that Luca is not at, and that Zion's not at yet. I also think, and I don't know that this is fair to Zion, but as he continues to evolve as a player, when you're talking about that level. I have to be able to give you the ball and get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Now, you, 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 you just said uh, there are guys that can, can win you a game. Big Perk talks about a guy that can get you a game. You got to be able to give me a game. Like, I have to be, this can't be like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, run some action. And this Not is a regular talk- season game in March. Not a regular nah. season game in March. No, you, I got to be able to get you the ball when all else fails and Logan's not making shots and Rajas not making shots and DA's not, you know, doing what he's supposed to do where you say, We're I got We're going to throw the ball to Sasha. We're going to throw the ball to Sasha. Sasha <laughs> Cook and bring us home. Sasha Cook, yep. You know? Yeah. And that's yeah. where, you know, he'll evolve. He'll continue. He's done it every year so far. He'll continue to grow. We're just making the point that, that he's point. not ready now. He's not that's ready it. now to well, do that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, people develop it different speeds yeah. you know especially it usually takes big men longer um just cause it does it's a dependent position you don't have the ball in your hands all the time um so he'll figure it out you know it's not a criticism of him you know nope. that's you're just pointing out that he hasn't done what other people in the star category have done so far that's all that's it. sure speaking of uh but stars that have um done the work to be that dude and um and have the player empowerment kevin durant 
I see Roger's face, but we're going to get to what Roger has to talk about in a second. But I, before that, I wanted I want to get give Kevin Durant his flowers. My man balled out against the Bucks, and and you want to talk about give somebody the ball and just get out the fucking way, mm-hmm. KD. In, in, in game five was that it was was that um now i've covered kevin you've covered kevin longer than i have da i think this was the best performance from kevin that i've ever seen just based on the stakes and um you know him coming off of the injury that he can't be, yeah. has done yeah i think it's the best performance he's ever done do, do you share that sentiment I mean, it, it, it's certainly up there. I mean, he had some great games in OKC. Don't get me wrong. In playoff games, he had some monster playoff games in OKC. But, yeah, I mean, everything has to be viewed. You have to view everything he's doing. You know, and, it, and I get – I understand that people – and this is where I think we fail as journalists, among our many failings, but this is one of the biggest ones, is that we, we fail to – we fail to tell the public. We fail to show the public – how fucking hard it is to be a great athlete. <laughs> it's really hard. It's really I couldn't hard. do that. I couldn't do that shit. I can't do that shit. Not even it's close. It's really difficult to play at a professional level in whatever it is you're a professional at. Yeah. You know, I I one time covered, I got didn't covered. I was at a US Open, a golf tournament. Mm. And I was just in the gallery watching. And I've never heard a ball like that. Like, like a professional golfer hits a ball. <laughs> yeah. I was on the green whizzing by your like, It makes a different sound. Yes. I was yes. on the green with Phil Mickelson once, like walking yeah. the green with him and Steph. Yeah. Even like we know Steph's a good golfer, like yeah. a great golfer by NBA standards. But to hear the difference between his the way he hits the ball versus how Phil hit the ball just exactly. on like a whoop. He's a professional. <laughs> you okay. heard that. You heard that sound for miles. Yeah. And so for Katie to do this, and I don't care if it was two years ago, it doesn't matter. He ruptured his Achilles. That was a career ender when I first started covering this league. People stopped, didn't play anymore after that. And then it became, okay, they come back. But they're never the same. They're not close to being the same player that they were before. They're just out there trying to. He's by and large the same player. Yeah, not the same guy. This guy is the same guy. (laughs) It's the same guy. Um, And it's unbelievable that he's doing this. And to your point, situation, Irving's out. Harden's playing, but he ain't, you know, again, he's playing hurt, but he's, he's playing admirably, though. He's playing admirably, though. I got to give him his flowers. No, but big yeah. respect to James Harden for doing that, for going out there when you know you're not at the best. And more importantly, they know you're not at your best. Yep. And you still go out there and you do what you can to help your team win. Big respect to James Harden. But what KD did, yeah, I mean, that's as good as, as I've ever seen, period. Forget him, period, ever in a playoff game. For one guy to do that, to, to, it was unbelievable. I, I, I mean, I can't really add to that. I, I would just say that when he got injured, I said, I don't think he'll ever be the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because everything that I had ever seen with an injury like that suggested that you would come back and not be the same. Like, you know, and, and it really is remarkable that he is the same. Dude. Not taking anything away from his brilliance. It's just like, especially that late in his career. Killies, bro. It's, uncra- <laughs> it's twelve years in the league. Yeah, it's it's yeah. absolutely unprecedented. It's crazy. Um, he is. I mean, he might be the most gifted scorer of all time. I'm, you know, like we. 
I know we're going to get the. I love MJ. You know that. There have been some yeah. phenomenal scores. No, but he, no, but not like this. Not like that's, this. A, that's an alien, man. Yeah, not that's like six, this. That's 6'11. <laughs> and DA hit the nail on the head, and I deal with this a lot. Just your, your average hooper, man. At a park, I show up every day for the pickups. I'm the best player out there or the second best. Like they think that they can hop in an NBA game and go to work. And it's crazy. Because I try to explain to some of them, not only will you not go to work, you're not going to get a bucket. Right. <laughs> no, no. Like, do you know what I'm saying? You yeah. can't guard anyone out there. That's the, and, and, and <sighs> the normalization of what an NBA, like it, the, it's just baffling to me. I deal with it all the time. I'm like, you yeah. just, I, you know, Logan, I, I say this all the time. There's about 450 players in the NBA. And if you rank them one to 450, the worst player in the NBA, the worst Yep. categorically by definition by any metric you want the worst guy playing in the nba was an all american okay yes <laughs> right it's crazy it's he averaged like 25 a game in college okay like yeah like he could don't, don't say what he don't even night. think about what he did in high school <laughs> right so what are you talking it's like these idiots that say oh i can get a set off of serena the fuck you can <laughs> Turn a serve of hers. Are you no, nuts? <laughs> no, I remember. Um, I remember talking to uh, to Jason Collins, uh, assistant of the Warriors, who we both know. Da um, was a, and I was asking him, forget Jaren, skill, Jaren. My bad, Jaren. Jaren. Um, and I was asking him, forget skill, forget that, because we already know that Roger, you're better than me. You'll be better than me in any, every sort of way in hoop. Forget that, right? From a a win standpoint, me getting into the best shape of my life, right, to get to play to a preseason basketball game, I have to get to the best shape of my life. To do a preseason basketball game, I could probably get uh, up and down the floor for a preseason basketball game probably twice. Forget forget the skill. And then I could probably only get one possession in a regular season game. One screen in a playoff game, I'm dead. Like, I'm done. <laughs> Just from a win standpoint. Now, you yeah. put from that and then say from a skill level, mortals don't have a chance against you. And then mm -hmm. to say that and then to be at the top of your game as a savant the way Kevin is, the way LeBron is, the way Steph is, the way all these guys are historically is a great feat. And then to do it on a stage the way Kevin did is phenomenal. It was just phenomenal. Look, so listen. If you, most people see Kevin Durant, he's the tallest person you're ever going to see in your life. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's the tallest person you're going to run across in your life. I mean, unless you're just hanging out in, in, in basketball, uh, in, in NBA locker rooms. Uh, so take that with the handles of possibly Kyrie Irving, um, you know, and a, the jump shot of, you know, any, any of the greatest shooters of all time and just an ability to create like in his mind, the creativity of what he does. This is brilliance. You know, this is excellence. When you talk about there's nothing anyone can do. And and the people that are defending, do you know what an artist PJ Tucker is defensively? Oh my god. I mean an, I mean an artist. Like people don't give that shit credit. I get it. Nobody wants to see us defend. But that takes a level of artistry too. And a yeah. level of like, you know, know-how and creativity and physicality. And so you got him and two other people at most times, at least somewhere in the vicinity. And, and PJ man, is a bull too. PJ is a bull. Oh yeah, he's not even like I couldn't even compare myself physically to him. But like mm -hmm. he and this man is just he's not even seeing it. He is playing essentially 
above their heads. And I mean that like in a lot of ways, like he's like, he's above their head in terms of they can't stop him, but he doesn't even see them because he's so, he's just getting up in the air and he doesn't see what's happening underneath him. It's, it's, I mean, it'd be like watching, you know, people who love opera or ballet or whatever it is though. What you, what you watched, if you watched that the other night, Mm -hmm. that's excellence. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I, I I should have went this last year. Right. Did you see, Um, did you see Steve Nash hug him though? Yeah. I did. Yeah. I did. I did. <laughs> thank you. That was a thank you. But was, <laughs> listen, if we had real. that hug in real life, if we had that more hugs like that, there'd be more. There'd just be the world would be a better place. It man. would be a better from, place, from, bro. from different races and just different. Just a hug like that. We need to come together. That's when, one of those memes where if you had somebody that hugged you like Steve Nash hugged Kevin Durant, right? boy, you lucky, bro. Yeah, you lucky. Yeah. But listen, can I just? I know we're we're joking and shit, but I. I don't know if you saw my tweets during the game, Logan. I don't tweet. I certainly don't, don't tweet during the game. I was really disappointed, man. Like, I'm cheering okay. for Brooklyn. Yeah. That's my guy. I'm cheering for yep. Brooklyn, right? Yeah. But but watching Milwaukee down the stretch, I, I don't even know what to say to you about Great that. Great transition, like, I be more Raja. frustrated. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Is that where you were going? I mean, I could, exactly even, where I was I could going. barely watch it. I could barely watch it. I just, I found it irresponsible. Um, and I don't know who to blame. Maybe DA can, you know, like, I'd love to hear his thoughts. I don't know where to place to blame because there were a lot of culprits, but I just couldn't figure out what was going on. What I didn't understand, and, and this is not the first time, unfortunately, I, I don't know what they're trying to do at the end of the game <laughs> sometimes. Like, what is it that you're trying to accomplish with your with, on an offensive possession? Like, most plays are like, we're trying to get the ball to this guy or we're, or we're running – dummy action we're running we're going we're you know we're we're doing misdirection to get the ball to the other side of the floor so that guy can shoot Mm -hmm. i don't know what the bucks are doing i don't know what it is they're trying to accomplish down the stretch of a game like what is who are you trying to get the ball to to do what you know what i mean like it's it's beyond random random is i have a matchup i'm hunting a guy i'm gonna take him off the dribble and get to the cup that's random Mm -hmm. yeah don't know what they're doing. They're not even hunting. There's just a guy gets the ball. He takes two dribbles and he jacks up a shot. And then they go back down to the other end of the floor. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd, I'd have to think this is coaching though. Right. I, I just, I, the, the only thing that I could see in this is coaching because we DA, you've been around us a long time, Roger, you've been around us a long time. There have been great teams with great players that just can't get it done down the stretch for whatever reason. And who have all world players. Giannis is an all world player. Like, like I, whatever you want to say, MVP. If you can't get him into positions where he can be successful, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't know what to say. I, I don't know. Maybe there's a Raja, do you see anything from Giannis that maybe he can approve down the stretch? Because I just don't know. If you're if your offense is that predictable day in and day or year in and year out, then it, I think it has to do with coaching. But Roger, correct me if I'm wrong. I should have written this down. Maybe that I'd be a, a note to self, be better at your job. I should have written this down because I want to I want to touch on it all. Um to DA's point, they don't they don't know what they're trying to achieve down the stretch. That's a huge problem. It's a huge problem. And that is a coaching issue, Logan. And I said it to a friend of mine last night, like either you can't give them the right answers to structurally get them in things that they need to be in down the stretch. That's one problem. Or they ain't listening to you to do it. That's a whole nother problem. In either case, you ain't doing your job, right? So I, as your boss, have to wonder about like whether you can be there because one, it's one of two things. 
You're either, you're not giving them what they need or you're not making them do it and they ain't listening to you. Okay, so Giannis has to stop shooting threes. I don't give a shit who told Giannis that shooting a three. So you would shoot threes to keep people honest, right? Like that would be the logic behind shooting a three because there's no logic in shooting 12%, right? So you're saying, hey man, <laughs> shoot shoot the occasional three that'll keep them a little bit more honest, opening up your lanes to get to the basket. They don't come out. You're not keeping anyone honest. They're not challenging those. So stop doing it because you're wasting the six or seven possessions of cast up threes. Plus it changes the way it, it puts something in your mind late in the game that would allow you to settle if you were a little bit tired. And that's what a defense, if it's a defender, I want you to settle. I want mm-hmm. you, you got me on the hook. I'm in that He's ISO. settling for threes, man. are going to give you a foul or you're going to finish. You're going to settle. So if you stop, if you minus the three from the equation, he's not even going to think about settling. I don't want you settling at all. Um, let, so then the action that they're running or the lack thereof, um, it forces this man or any of them to just be on the ball out in space and you're in an ISO situation. You could run any number of things. And we talked about this in the bubble last year with them against the Heat. The hardest place to score a lot of times for a dude like Giannis, when everyone knows what's coming, is right at the top. Yeah. right? Because they they built this wall. Now you got to go through all of those players. But for a guard who can pop, you know, that's fine. They've got space, but he ain't doing that. He's going to the basket. So, you know, twist that man, give him the ball. He likes to initiate offense, right? Bring him down the court, let him run into a DHO either side of the court. As that's happening, run, run something behind him along the baseline to, to allow it to screen for him. As he runs the baseline to the other side, the ball continues to travel to the weak side. And now he's on a post up down on the, on the opposite block. You've had ball movement. You'd have people movement. Now he's got a live dribble in the mid post where he can affect the game from a sweet spot. Like there's none of that shit going on. And when they did get switches, and Giannis had Joe Harris. I almost lost my shit. He had Joe Harris on a late possession. It's everything you want. And, and Drew Holiday, who I love, you're out there choosing to ISO Kevin Durant on the wing with a loaded block. Like, that's, that's not, like, that's, that's are you, low are level you basketball. All over I'm, getting, again? Are you, I'm getting hot right now. <laughs> I'm getting hot right now thinking about it because I'm like, that's, what are we doing, fellas? This is, this is, this is nut crunching time. To, to, to what was the gentleman who, who's, who's yeah, this is not crunching time. We got to be on the same page. And it was just, it was a mess. And there were a lot of people, you know, who looks the best in crunch time? Who you know was their best player in crunch time? Chris fucking Middleton. Yeah. Flowers, I mean, and, and flowers to Chris Middleton. No, it is for me. because, because he like, he seems to understand where he's going to get his buckets, where he's the most effective. And, 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 in the lack of offensive continuity, I think he's the best, all around guy like he can he strokes it from deep he could get to his mid-range and he'll go to the basket i'm not saying he's the best player but he looks the most comfortable in those moments if so you got you got to run some shit you got to have some action i just don't i've I've been waiting for a one three pick and roll with him and and drew like make the defense make a decision you know what i mean like you run they have to make a decision on who they're going to guard and who's going to guard them (laughs) and then you can attack off of that you know you can figure out who do we want we want to put harden in this matchup do we want to put joe harris in this matchup you know do we want to put um oh that's just you know whoever not durant in this matchup (laughs) that's on the floor for brooklyn well you can manipulate that to make that happen and you can still always Get the ball, Giannis on the block. You know, oh, yeah. so it's always uh, the de- always the default you have. So yeah. 
I'm with you, DA. I'm with you. But I think part of it, but I think Giannis does have to own some of this, Logan. You know, like you got to know, and you got to legacy talk. You have to take your ego out of it. I think. Yeah, yeah. And I think part of it is, oh, their play—he's—it's a drop. He drops every possession. I have to make this shot. Well, no, you don't, because even if you make a couple, they don't care. They (laughs) win. They win. They don't care. (laughs) It used to. They used to. They just don't care. And it, and it, and it, you know, and again, I don't, I'm no expert on X's and O's, but I would think that they would see that like as a group, like. <laughs> I, I, if Joe, listen, I love Joe Harris. I love Joe Harris, but I am, I mean, the basketball was built on finding a matchup and getting that matchup, putting it in a position to expose it yeah. and, and riding with that. If yeah. we're if we're not doing that, we're just kind of like throwing shit at the wall offensively. Yeah. And that's a bad way to play down the stretch. I don't care how good you are as a team. Um the other thing that bothered me, and I get it, it's your defensive philosophy. You you have possibly the three best offensive players, if you're Brooklyn, in the game today at your disposal at, at all times when healthy. Tonight or or two nights ago, you had one of them. Because James Harden was not going to do anything down the stretch. We all saw that. And I, too, love the fact that he was out there for his team. Mm -hmm. Why in God's name would you allow Kevin Durant, arguably the best offensive player of all time, to cook one-on-one? Now, they weren't even, if you told me, hey, man, they're just really spacing the floor. KD's bringing it up. So it's a long run for a trap, and then he can just kick it out. I would say point. I would still challenge one of those dudes to beat me. But that wasn't even the case. They were running pick and roll. Mm-hmm. And there was like a hedge. And the guy was getting <laughs> over the pick. And then there was this weak spot when the hedge would leave and the guy wasn't back in front of KD. And it just caused a lot of, man, trap that shit, get the ball out of his hands. Somebody else beat me. I couldn't yeah. for the life of me. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. You know, if you want to be the man and you say, I'm the best defensive player in the league, I'm the defensive player of the year. Okay, stop him. <laughs> facts. <laughs> it's facts. <laughs> That's you know facts. what I mean? Like, and, it's not, and did I say it was easy to stop him? No, it's really hard to stop him. But it's you really, also that really, dude. Really hard to stop him. But yeah. you claimed it. You said mm-hmm. it. You're six eleven. The one thing that KD does is shoot over the top of people that are smaller than him, trying to guard him. That's what makes him part of part mm-hmm. of what makes it devastating is that he's seven feet tall shooting jumpers. He's that's what made dirt <laughs> devastating. He's seven feet tall yeah. and he can make shots. Well, the one thing that you yeah. haven't tried yet is matching his length. Yeah. And then, and maybe he blows by Giannis and dunks seven times. Let's find out. <laughs> Let's yeah. find out what happens. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know what? No defensive player of the year has ever said, and I'm not saying that Giannis has, but I know unequivocally, no one's ever said, you guard him. Yeah. That's not the way, you know, the we, and I wasn't a defensive player of the year, but I was usually tasked with being, yeah. you know, the defender I'm on our team. criticizing Giannis. All uh-huh. I'm saying is that you have of with of much, what is the saying? Of whom much is given, much is expected. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think he did it last year in the playoffs, right? Didn't he? Didn't he say, "Look, give me Jimmy Butler"? Was it? Yeah. I think I remember he, something like he that. Guarded Butler in the first round this year. Guard him well. That's what you he need to do, bro. Really well. I'm with you, yeah. DA. Yeah. You need to take that challenge. And and the mm. thing is, Durant might still get fifty. He, he's we gotta that see. Good. But we he's gotta that see. Good. But at least I put my best guy on. <laughs> yeah. He's my best guy. Mm-hmm. I gotta live with that. 
All right, let's uh, real quick before we get to one of the week predictions for tonight, Game Six: Bucks or the Nets. D, uh, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna go to Raj and we'll go to UDA. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the I, I got the Nets because I, I pick I picked the Bucks in the last game and I got and Kevin just said fuck you. So um, I'm gonna go with the Nets. Um, Roger, who you got going to close the series? You got the Nets closing the series out. You got the Bucks uh, forcing a game seven. Nah, the Bucks force a game seven tonight, man. They're gonna. Mm-hmm. Um, you're pros for a reason, man. Like you're gonna, they'll figure, they'll figure some of that stuff out down the stretch. Sneaky hard place to play. Also, it's Pfizer now. I think what it is. I think yeah. they get it rocking. Yeah, I think yeah. they get the win. I think they get the win. Because that, that takes a lot. Kevin Durant, like as has to do a as lot, that is, yeah. that takes a lot out of you. Sure, sure. Yeah. All right, Dave, who you got? Oh, I think the Bucks role players. You know, they, everybody plays better at home. Role players, stars, everybody plays better. At home. They just do. And, and, and conversely, you don't play as good on the road as you do. Most people don't play as good on the road as they do at home. So the guys that made big shots, like no disrespect to Jeff Green, I'll let's see him make seven threes tonight. And if he does, they're going to win. That's right. If he does, they win the game, but we'll let's see him do it. You know what I mean? Follow up to that. Um, for both of you guys, what kind of performance did they need out of Kevin for them to win? If the Bucks, I mean, if the Nets were going to win, what kind of performance do you do they do they need from Kevin? Start with uh, the yeah. <laughs> okay. What did the other night? That'll do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a starting point. I mean, now nah, he'd have to be in that stratosphere. I mean, you'd have to. I don't see. I don't know how much better James Harden's going to be tonight. Uh, James Harden wasn't bad because James Harden, like it, it, his skills are all. He's he's just hurt. Yeah. Like, and he's not 100%. I don't know how much more percentage-wise he's healthy this game. So it's going to require, and to DA's point, I love Jeff Green. I think he's been fantastic for them. Um, you're probably not getting that. Like, that's not what he does yeah. every night. So KD's going to have to cook it again. Yeah. Um, let's get to uh, Row One of the Week. Row One of the Week is a segment where we shout out a person, an entity, an organization that won the week. I will go first. Raja will go. And then our guests, will, DA, will go. Uh, my first one. I'll, uh, I'll go first. Kevin Durant. I mean, self-explanatory. I don't have to say much. Like that was just a, that was an incredible performance. Roger, who you got? Um, l- give me a minute. Um, I-, I thought about a lot of players, but I'm going with a a youth basketball player who happens to be my son, Ty Bell. Um, I took I took Ty Bell up to the CP3 middle school combine as a fifth grader. Um, they don't have a fifth grade division. He played sixth grade. When we got there, I was appalled to watch what the parents were telling their kids to do. It just became an ISO 24 foot shot after 13 dribbles, no passes, uh, zero pass possession type of camp. And so Ty was really frustrated and he came to me after game one and said, Hey, I will, I'm going to just start being selfish. And I said, don't do that. Play your game. Like try to win, help make other people better defend the heck out of people. Someone here is going to see the value in that. Cause I fail to believe that all of these people evaluating are, are just knuckleheads. So trust me, do that. Play the right way. He did it, and he made top 20 um, as a fifth grader in the sixth grade division. And so my shout-out in real one goes to Ty. Not because he made it, though, but because he played that shit the right way and he didn't buy into that, that silliness. Also, shout-out to the, my little homie, Dia, who, who uh, your, your other son, who went to the U camp, went to the University of Miami camp. I see you out here. <laughs> yeah, he anyway, was rocking, um, too. Uh, DA, who is your real one of the week? Oh, the winner of the week is probably Adam Silver because he's he's closer to getting what would be a very good salvage to this season, which would be Brooklyn Clippers in the finals. <laughs> yeah. 
top two media markets in the country. You can work. I can work with that. <laughs> yeah, it was a long road, and it happened. Yeah, if it's not the Clippers, it'll be Chris Paul, which is a great story, and people people will watch that. So I think the league will be the league will be fine with Brooklyn, whoever in the finals. But it would be better for them if it was Brooklyn, LA, or Brooklyn Phoenix. No doubt. All right, man. There you go, man. Thank you so much, DA. Friend of the show. Come back anytime, man. That was another edition of, of uh anytime, fellas. This was fun. This was fun. I enjoy talking talk, chopping it up with you guys. Anytime, anytime. Yeah, this is uh, another edition of our Thursday edition, the real ones pod. Um, you guys check out everybody, everything else on our other feeds. Check out mismatch, check out group chat, check out the answer, check out Black Girl Songbook. Which had a special Tupac episode with who? Roger Bell. Who else? Oh, that's town legend Danielle Smith. Tupac. Okay. <laughs> you guys check that out. We also have R two C two with who? Roger Bell. Vallejo legend. Close, closely related. Vallejo legend. CC Sabathia. Yes, sir. Make sure you check out the Ringer Music Show. Make sure you also check out um, Ringerverse with Jomi. Also with Van. Also with Mal. We will see you on Monday. Talk to y'all soon. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>